Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org. So the message today is EIU. And I, I promise you, you're going to remember that. I'm going to help you. Uh, because I'm kind of going to sing. And <laughs> Diane is walking out right now to, to do that. But uh, you all know the song, Old MacDonald Has a Farm, don't you? E-I-E-I-O. Well, we're going to do E-I-E-I-U and change it a little bit. I, I thought about making it old man Tim, but I was afraid I'd get in trouble for that. So it's Pastor Tim. He had a church. E-I-E-I-U. Are you going to sing, sing that with me? Okay. Ready? Okay. Pastor Tim, he had a church. E-I-E-I-U. And in that church, he had some sinners. E-I-E-I-U. With a sin, sin here, and a sin, sin there. Here a sin, there a sin, everywhere a sin, sin. Old man Tim. I'm sorry, I goofed up. (laughs) Okay, so at least I guarantee you're going to remember that uh, as we do that. I may be in trouble, but E-I-E-I-U. Ecstasy, intimacy, and unity. Now, I want you to know, to understand the Lord, that, that Dinesh and Jared and I did not coordinate our messages, but it's ended up they really do go together. That, that Dinesh talked about, about being in the presence of God, about the Holy Spirit, and how that connection is, and then... Uh, Jared talked about the presence, presence of the Spirit. And I'm going to continue to talk about the presence of God. And that presence that we come into, it really, I I see three different aspects in Scripture and in experience. Now, I'm also going to tell you that this message today is going to be part testimony and part Scripture. So, so we're going to have that together. Some of it's going to be part of it in my story and some of my experience that doesn't have to be what yours is. Just going to share some of that. So we're going to start out with ecstasy. Ooh, got that. We see that in a number of instances in the Bible where someone connects to God so powerfully that it really is ecstasy. I mean, you can't, you know, it, it's, it's overwhelming. Uh, and I'm just gonna, gonna mention a couple of those. The first one is Peter. Peter in, in Acts. Uh, tell you what, I've got, I messed up my notes somewhere. I've got Acts 11, four and five. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. It says, I was in the city of Joppa praying, 
And in a trance, I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven in four corners, and it came down to where I was. Now, we go on beyond, beyond that and all he said. But in there, the word trance, we're going to see in the next verse as well, in Greek is ecstasy. It's ecstasy. Exactly. Now, I had to do that so that you could uh, see that I do have a doctorate and be impressed that, that I've got the Greek word up there. So, so, as I tell everybody, that means that everything I say is absolutely right. So, yeah, you'll get that. We, we see it also in Paul in Acts 22. Uh, he says, when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking to me quick. And he said, Lose, leave Jerusalem immediately because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. Now, I don't like the translation of trance. You know, that tends to be one of them. I'm not sure it is. But we think about ecstasy. I mean, that's just really overwhelming joy. I mean, it just, it's crazy. It's crazy as, as it's doing that. Uh, I will tell you that, that in, in terms of the presence of God, of these three aspects of ecstasy, intimacy, and unity, probably we would, would join the, the desire for ecstasy more with Pentecostalism. And if you got that, that, that you, you, you want that. And I'm not judging that one way or the other. Now, I do want to share some, some of my experience, the closest. Most of these in the Scripture, I mean, they're, they're way out there <laughs> as you're getting. I mean, they see God face to face. It's part of why they call it a, a trance-like. I mean, it's just overwhelming that I see these things. Well, I can't say that I've ever had anything quite like that, but, but I'd like to share just a couple of times that I've really felt the presence of God, that it was, really was overwhelming of how it did. The, the first one was at the beginning of my walk with Christ, uh, 1968. I left California where I'd mostly grown up, went back to Alabama to go to college, uh, roll tide, and <laughs> get that in there. and and. A week or two before I went to school, I actually accepted the Lord. And immediately, because I'd not grown up in church at all, immediately I felt, this is true, I need, to, I need to preach this. This needs to be my life. I talked to the pastor and he said, could be. So I went in the church. That was on Sunday night I accepted the Lord. Thursday morning, I went to the church, and I'm praying, Lord, help me, you know. And I didn't know what to pray. I go, okay, Lord, if you want me to do this, knock. Now, this is one of those coincidences. There was an elderly man was working on part of the church. I had not paid any attention to it, but at the exact instant that I finished that sentence, he started hammering and hammering. So that's why I'm here today. <laughs> it, 
it's his fault. But, but I mean, the, the feeling of that, the feeling of that night that I accepted the Lord, you know, it's like, wow, wow. Because we talk about the presence of God. I felt the presence of God overwhelming. The next time, and, and some of you may not like this. I think most of you will be fine with it. But I uh, was in college. I transferred from Alabama. It was heartbreaking. But... <laughs> To, to Samford University so I could work on a ministerial degree. And in going into my junior year, I started hearing rumors that some of my fellow student pastors were ex having Pentecostal experiences. Well, right before Labor Day, 1970, uh, I had an aunt and uncle that lived in Pensacola, so I had a friend. I said, well, we're going to go down to Pensacola for the, for the weekend. By the way, at that time, I, I was 19 years old. Well, no, I just turned 20. But at age 19, I started pastoring my first church. And were you? Now, boy, what, can you imagine having a 19-year-old pastor? What? <laughs> they got benefit of all my wisdom, all my experience. I mean, I'd been saved a year and a half. <laughs> I was 19. Uh, we won't talk about their wisdom in doing that, but uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting into this. <laughs> you can tell me. As it turned out, that church, which was in the rural part of a rural town, Warrior, Alabama, uh, Cane Creek, doesn't that sound like a, like a good church? Later on, I would find out as my grandfather tossed me a quilt out of his back of his car that he had tools wrapped up in, that on it had a number of, uh, what do you call it, the individual pieces. One of them had 1884 stitched on it. A couple of them had some sentences, and some of them had written in pencils. He said, hey, you might want this. The church had, he said, that church you pastor your great-great-great-great-grandfather pastored that church. And that was a quilt the people had given him in 1884. So it's a prize possession. I was pretty ecstatic about that. So that was some cool things. Now, at any rate, going back, as, as we drove down to Pensacola, we got down there, and my friend and I, I asked him if he'd heard anything. And he said, yeah, there's some people having Pentecostal experiences in there. He said, and I did. I said, okay. Well, on Saturday night, we went out on the beach. And uh, he decided to pray for me. And he said, okay, I'm going to pray for you to be filled with the Spirit. And then you'll speak in tongues. And I said, well, I don't believe I have to speak in tongues. He said, and his wisdom said, okay. Well, he prayed, and I did. And I'll tell you, it was ecstasy. Not because of speaking in tongues, but because of the presence of the Lord. Now, the next morning, and I'm not making a theological statement there, just in case you think. The next morning, my aunt and uncle, their church was a Methodist church. Now, I was a good Baptist. And we were thinking, oh, gosh, we're going to a Methodist church. How boring <laughs> is it going to be? Sorry if there are any Methodists here. Uh, well, we get to church. The guy, they have a visiting preacher from Birmingham, which is where I was going to school. 
he gets up, and I mean, as soon as he gets up there, he's got a grin on his face from ear to ear. And he starts talking about being filled with the Spirit and experience of speaking in tongues. And I, I don't want this to be about speaking in tongues, by the way. Uh, well, we went down and, and met him afterwards since we were lived in Birmingham and formed a relationship with him. When we got back to Birmingham, we connected with he and his wife again. Turns out, okay, this is exciting. <laughs> they had a ministry of praying for you to find spouses. <laughs> now, again, I know this is far out there. <laughs> so you basically you went to them and you put your order in. <laughs> so, 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 so I did, and, and I said, well, you know, I'm going to be a pastor, so she needs to be able to play the piano and sing, and she really needs to be either a teacher or nurse or something like that so she can put me through seminary. <laughs> that, that was all. Well, a couple weeks later, I'm going to a Christian coffee house we had back then, and here was this girl up front singing, big smile on her face, it was Diane. And, and God did that. We went, ended up having a connection with her school with what was going on and went to a prayer meeting afterwards. Now, if I'd known it was really that good, I would have put a few more details into the <laughs> order, but, but because of that, coincidence, I don't think so. I believe it's God. And that, that's my ecstasy experience. I can't say this is something. I don't have that every day. It's cool when you do. So that's, that's the overwhelming. We see a number of those in Scripture, but you, but you don't see a ton of that kind of connection nowadays. Uh, more likely... You know, as we look at this, that God is always present. We understand that theologically. God's always present. Do you see him? Oh, no. But he is. We believe that he's present. And so what I'd call the next, next on the ladder is intimacy. Feeling intimacy with God where you do have a sense of the presence of God. Now, let's see, I'm not going to make judgment here, but sometimes you go to church and during the time of worship, you, it's nice, the song's nice. Other times it's, wow, the Lord's here. The Lord is here. I just feel his presence. Sometimes when you, when you pray, you, you just... It's that sense of his presence. Now, we know theologically he's always here. But us having the sense of being in his presence and being close to him. God is always present. Um, one of the things, I'm, I'm going to back up just a little bit. So, see, it's been a while, I'll tell you. Uh, Another thing of ecstasy, just so you've got this, 
this in your mix and in your notes. It's Exodus 33, where Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you. I will proclaim my name, the Lord in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face because no one can see me and live. That's how strong ecstasy is. Then the Lord says, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. That's how strong ecstasy is. Well, intimacy we see as, as well. Again, ecstasy is not the norm. Psalm 41 but may you have mercy on me, Lord. Raise me up that I may repay them. I know that you are pleased with me, for my enemy does not triumph over me. Because of my integrity, you uphold me and set me in your presence forever. Now, there is a truth, as I've said, God is always present with us. But we don't always sense that. We don't always sense that. There are times in my life, you know, I've been, God, where are you? You know, God, are, are you here? I have to accept by faith you are, but I sure can't tell it. <laughs> As you look at that, Psalm 51, see again, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. God, renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence. And, and it's, part of that is, God, don't kick me out. But part of that is, is Lord, I do want to sense you. I want to I know you're here. Because it does something when we sense his presence. Now, I, I know there, I'll see as some of you are nodding about his presence. Others, others are nodding. If, if you've ever experienced his presence, it is. It's like, wow, I want that all the time, Lord. And he says, you couldn't stand it all the time, probably. <laughs> you know. But wow, when you sense that presence of God that you're here and the peace that comes in that as you've got it. Now, we've got to look for that. Psalm 89, the Psalms are really talking about this a lot. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, Lord, they rejoice in your name all day long. They celebrate your righteousness. You know, one of the things that, that I remember uh, back in the day, and again, as I was kind of part of the charismatic movement back in the 70s, and as the worship began to change some, you didn't have just the hymns in the book, and, and one of the criticisms that came was, was the repetition. You know, just over and over again, you know, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You know, Lord, you're here. Holy, holy, holy. 
But the thing is, first of all, I don't know what people that criticize that are going to do in, in heaven, as it says in, in Revelations, where they're singing, holy, 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 over and over again. <laughs> it's not just the story. We're going to worship him. Begin to worship the Lord, to see him, to feel him, to know he's there. I like all kinds of Christian music, but there is something about those simple, simple worship songs that can help to bring us into the presence of, of God. Um, Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Do we trust the Lord? Do we trust him to be there? Now, I wish I could get up here today and, and preach a message to you and say, okay, if you want to sense the presence of the Lord, here it is. First, you have to do this. You got to pray. Second, you got to read scripture. Third, you got to repent of all your sin. All those things are true, but it's not automatic. And I can't always accept it or can't always understand it, what God's doing. Part of it is that God is in control. But those are, are those times of intimacy and his presence that are special. Now, one thing as I'm going through this, you might could do is, is relate this to marriage and talk about the ecstasy part and the intimacy part. Got to have that. Well, that brings us to the third part. Boy, I got a lot of time left. Let's see. Unity. Ecstasy, intimacy, unity. That's the final step. We need to be one with God. Psalm 16 says, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs, instructs me. I keep, I, I keep my eyes upon the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoice. My body will also rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor let, will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with, with joy in your presence and with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Because the ultimate goal is unity with God. Now again, I can relate that to marriage. The goal is to have unity in your marriage. Now, there's an issue with that. If we look back to the Garden of Eden, and one of the things about is, is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Here's, here's, here's how I interpret that, and, and I don't hear this quite like this. But the question, what God's saying there is that he 
is the one who decides what's right and wrong. He is the one who decides what's good and what's evil. He's the one, not me. Now, in marriage, unity, I'm the one that decides what's right or wrong. You know, and I, uh, Diane may have a disagreement with that, but, <laughs> but as I tell her, I was wrong one time, but <laughs> that, was, that was it. But God was not wrong even one time, not once. It's him. And when we talk about unity and his presence, that's where we've got to end up, that we're agreeing with him. Lord, I'm with you. It's what you say, not what I say. It's what you think, not what I think. That's unity. That's, that's the goal of the presence of God. That's why we read scripture. That's why we want to understand that, that we would be united to him. Yes, in his experiential presence, but agreeing with what he wants. We want to have unity with him, and that's why we need to read scripture. That's why we need to, need to know about it. Um, in the church, something about unity. I want to read Matthew 18, 19, and 20. You may have seen this. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And those that have heard me a while may have heard this before, but I have a, I have a pastor I know. He says, he interprets that this way. He says, if two or three of you will agree on something, I'm going to come down and see that for myself. I'm going to see what's going on there. Well, we do need to agree. I'm going to make a little aside here, and I need to. Uh, what does God do? You know that just a few days ago, the decision came down for the Supreme Court about Roe versus Wade. And there's a lot of criticism of the church, particularly conservative Christians. We gotta look at what God says, and I'm not gonna go through through all the scripture, but there's enough scripture to see, and, and I'd say one of the prime ones is when, when Mary, when Jesus' mother met Mary's mother, I'm sorry, yeah, met uh, John, thank you, golly, <laughs> John's mother, and the baby in the womb jumped, because that wasn't just a fetus was a person. And if we believe that life begins at conception, that that is a human life, we must argue that that life, we don't have the right to terminate it. Now that's not to say that there aren't ever situations where you have to decide between two lives, which one you're gonna save, yes. But we need to stand for that. We need to, to do that. We don't have to apologize for it. Doesn't mean we shouldn't care for the person who struggles with it or be as gracious as we can. But we need to have unity with God. I apologize for that in one sense. I usually stay away from political issues, but 
will have that. Philippians chapter 2 says, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who by being the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, be becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Ecstasy we really do like. It's a great thing. I like ecstasy. It's fun. Intimacy is not bad. <laughs> it's a good thing to feel that presence of God, to worship in him. But our ultimate goal is the unity of presence with him, that we are one, that we understand who he is, that we understand what he wants, that he understands what we need, not just what we desire. Now, to do that, we have to yield ourselves. We have to say, God, it's what you think. It's what you say. Now, again, I use our marriage as a little bit of, a, of an illustration. And <clears throat> Diane does not understand that I'm always right. <laughs> you know, always. As I say, no, there was one time that I was wrong. Uh, and she'll say, you, you think you're always right. No, I always think I'm right. If I didn't, I'd change my <laughs> opinion. Well, well, I can draw some analogy to that. The truth is, and close your ears, dear, I am not always right. 99% of the time, but <laughs> no. God is always right. And our desire is to please him. That's what his presence is about. That relationship. You know, and, and sometimes we have to come before the Lord and there are some things scripture is very clear about. There are other decisions that it's not a matter of so much of right or wrong but it's a matter of what God wants us to do. And, and my prayer in those kind of situations is, is, Lord, this is what I think you want me to do. If I'm wrong, help me. <laughs> help me. Give that little nudge that I need to do what you want me to do in his presence. God's here today. He's here. Sitting up on the front row, right there next to Mike, see? No, next to each of you. He's here. His presence. Unity. That's what we need with God. So, so I want you to, to think about that, that, that our relationship to the Lord, that there there are times of ecstasy. Some of you may have never experienced anything you can tie, tie to that. 
I've, I've never experienced anything quite like some of the things I see in the scripture where they talk about being face to face with God, what Moses experienced and what Peter experienced. But I've experienced some pretty powerful stuff. Then intimacy, when you just feel like you can relax and enjoy his presence. Now, sometimes you come to church and it's special. Got to be careful here. Sometimes you come to church and wish you were at the ball game. But, but as, as we do that, we want to be in the presence of God. But the ultimate goal of presence is unity. Now, I did my testimony earlier. I'm going to do some confession now. A lot of this depends on a consistent prayer life, consistent Bible study, consistent uh, worship, both at church is an important part, what we do at home. Now, I'm going to tell you, I struggle with consistency. Uh, I am not a disciplined person. It doesn't come easy to me. I'm not wired where I work real hard. Uh, part of that from the time I was early on in school, schoolwork did come easy with me, so I never had to work. In high school, I'd have uh, term papers to, to do. I'd usually start them about midnight the night before and type them directly on the typewriter and, and do that and, and was able to do fine. Uh, but I'd never learn discipline well. I really struggle with that. It's hard for me to, to have a prayer routine and a Bible reading routine. Uh, again, it, it's, it's really difficult. Some of you, it's easy. Part of, part of what my experience has been is a lot of that depends on, on your, uh, if you took strength finders, how you're wired. It's easier for some people than for others but it doesn't excuse those of us that it's not easy for. And I, and I think there are some ways, some things that, that we can do. Uh, one, one is simply accountability. Someone that can hold you accountable, that can simply ask. And I'm gonna tell you all of this, I, I wish I could tell you I'm perfect in it, that I've been able to stick with it, been able to do it, not always. Right now, I'm struggling with it. Somebody would say, what'd you pray yesterday? Uh, oh yeah, I was driving and I prayed, which is a good thing. But it's not the same as focus time on the Lord. If you focus too much, you're gonna have a wreck, you know? <laughs> then you can be in the presence of the Lord, right? <laughs> it's one way. Uh, Accountability, again, program. There, there are all kind of things can help you. Daily reading plans, uh, time to set aside. Uh, I remember reading about John Wesley's mother, Susanna. Now, she was in a different time. It's hard to get away. She had a bunch of kids for one thing. You know, either have a bunch of kids, you know, having time for a, a mother to, to be by herself is difficult. She would get in the kitchen take her apron, pull it over her head, sit there. Now, 
the children learn you don't mess with mama when she's got her apron over her head. I'm sure that took a little training to do that. Uh, you know, there are things that, that, that you can do, and I encourage that. Uh, what do we want to reach God? His presence. I crave his presence. I want to sense that, and I want to do what he wants. So some actions that we can look at. First one is keep trying. Don't give up. We've got some things in the church. First thing is, is life groups. With life groups, connection with other people. Now, I quoted the scripture where two or three are gathered in my name. I am there. Well, there is great value in that. He didn't teach us to be isolated. I know there are some traditions that, that seek you do that, that that's how you find God. And there are times you need to be by yourself with God. But overall, we need other believers. We need relationship with other believers to help us and to hold us accountable. Life groups encourage you to, to do that. By the way, all of these, if you have sermon notes, go to Horizon's website. There are tools to help you connect there. There you can find the life groups. Uh, next is growing strong. Again, in your notes, it's got a link to that, or you can go to just to the web page to, to connect with that. Uh, this is a, a, a course that helps you learn, helps you learn how to how to be in His presence, how to how to grow strong. Next one is just simply discipleship. Larry Sterling helps oversee both of those areas, and again, you can go to the website. If you got the notes, you can see that I've got a direct link where you can go right to the link to see how to connect with that, to get help with that. And the last one's going to be a personal plug for Journey. And that's not on the web page yet. We're going to, it's a program that we've done for years, Diane and I have done, that, that helps to connect you with others and to connect you with, Lord, with the Lord as you do that, planning on having one of those this fall. So, so about August, September, start, start looking for that. Sign up. Unfortunately, it does cost some money because we do some things that we need some money for. Uh, I am totally sold on that program, and those that know me know that. Uh, okay, I'm going to ask some hands. How many of you have been through Journey? Yeah, quite a few of you. Those are the most spiritual people in the room. So. <laughs> no, no, I won't, I won't say that. Uh, but it is. The, the essence of it, you've not seen this advertised in a while because we haven't, because of COVID, we, we took a hiatus for that. But it talks about who am I, those questions, who is God, and what does he want me to do? And it helps us to grow in that. So, the presence of God. How many of you want to be in the presence of God? How many of you want to experience the presence of God? I do. I do. And to do what the Lord wants me to do. I don't always do that. Diane's sitting in the back of the room. If you want to ask her when I do and when I don't. <laughs> no, we're not perfect people. 
but we strive to be united with our Lord. That is our desire. Well, God bless you. Thank you for being here. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you. Lord, please help us. Lord, you know when we need to experience ecstasy, when we need to experience intimacy, and that we always need to experience unity with you. Lord, help us to focus on you. Help us to unite with you. Help us to overcome our weaknesses and our struggles. Help us to unite together. Help us to agree together as we agree with you. Father, bless Horizon, bless this church, bless everyone here today. Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. You are listening to audio messages from Sunday mornings at Horizon. It is our hope and desire that this podcast would be a useful tool in your growth and in your walk with Christ. If you've not yet subscribed to our various channels, make sure you do so in order to stay up to date with the most current messages. More information about Horizon, as well as notes for this message, can be found at www.horizonweb.org.